You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. And I'm Ruth Flegman. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. I'm so excited to share this film with all of you. Later in the program, WFHB News Director speaks with Lillian Lau, a student at Indiana University, about a film that's screaming at the IU Radio and Television Theater titled Eternal Spring. The film is about religious freedom and the repression in China. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half an hour, Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. On November 15th at the Monroe County Council meeting, Commissioner's Administrator Angie Purdy asked the council to allocate an additional $25,000 to the service budget line from the food and beverage line to help with the deficit, which Purdy explained was due to the cleanup of two encampments where people experiencing homelessness had been living and the appraisal of the convention center. Councilmember Jeff McKim asked if they were asking to be reimbursed for cleaning up the camps along with the convention center appraisal. We are presently um, finding that in this, this account line we are currently in the negative about $20,000 at this point in time. And uh, the 25,000 will help get us through hopefully the end of the year. Now what um, has happened is we have paid for appraisal services out of this um, line um, specific to the convention center. So I'm going to be asking to get on the fab tax um, agenda to see if they would approve the use of our um, food and beverage funds for that purpose. Purdy clarified they would only be asking the Food and Beverage Tax Advisory Committee to reimburse them for the appraisal of the convention center. The cost of the encampment cleanup was only included to explain how the line got depleted beyond the original budget. I just see that the um, narrative refers to the, um, the cleanup of encampments as being one reason why this line is so depleted, and then goes on to say, that the intention is to request FabTAC to um, to reimburse, but you're you're saying the request to FabTAC would only be for the appraisal of county buildings related to the convention center. It doesn't actually have anything to do with the encampments. The encampments oh, is just why the line is okay. McKim asked how much the cleanups have cost. Purdy said she didn't know how much it amounted to, but said they were expensive. Councilmember Trent Deckard asked if there were any plans to prevent the encampments on government property in the future. Purdy responded. Yeah. Yes, I actually I didn't reference the encampments when I was speaking out loud. It is in the document here. Um, those are costs that we have incurred, but those costs plus the convention center um, expenses that I think that we can um, get reimbursed from from FabTAC, they have they're two very separate things. Um, the only amount we would be requesting would be the cost of the appraisals on the convention center from FabPAC. The council unanimously approved the request to appropriate the funds from the food and beverage tax account if the food and beverage tax commission approves of it. Council member Marty Hawk was present on Zoom, but unable to participate in the vote since she was sick. 
The next Monroe County Council meeting will be held on December 6th. In today's feature report, WFHB News Director Cade Young speaks with Lillian Lau, a student at Indiana University, about a film that's screening at the IU Radio and Television Theatre from December 2nd to December 4th. The film is called Eternal Spring, and it's a Canadian film about a tale of determination in China to speak up for political and religious freedoms, no matter the cost. We now turn to that interview. So Lillian Lau, a student at Indiana University, welcome to the WFHB Local News. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us here. So first of all, Lillian, would you tell me about this film, Eternal Spring, which will screen at the IU Radio and Television Theater from December 2nd to December 4th? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm so excited to share this film with all of you especially for people at Bloomington, because I've been, say, and for one year, so I had a great time here. Like, the reason why I really want to have this screen is that uh, I guess it's like last month, I saw this film in Indianapolis, uh, and uh, it was not available in Bloomington nor in China. At that time, I was so moved by the film. I suppose I cried several times during the whole uh, screening. It's about a great story about fighting for religion freedom in China. As you may not have heard that in China, we don't have religion freedom. And the worst thing is that we don't know we don't have, because like, uh, sometimes I envy people from other countries because they, they feel like, uh, they are born with the understanding of freedom, but educated without this knowledge, we, we don't know what freedom is. We just uh, have to do what the government tells us. And I feel if this film can be seen by many people, I, I just know that as an individual, I cannot make a change. But at least I want more people to know that, to know the truth. Uh, something is like made up by my government and for my ge- generation it's our duty to not let the truth hidden in the history just like like those like uh cultural revolution or something like that and it's the only thing i can do so i try to make it happen and i'm, I'm so grateful to peter uh the radar uh, maxine tv ser- uh, film series he helped me to make it happen I see. I see. Well, thank you for walking us through that and kind of sharing a little background about how you got this to, to come together and and sort of a little bit about the, the film itself. And sort of as you mentioned, the film is about a state TV channel in China that gets hacked by members of the spiritual group Falun Gong. And the group attempts to counter the government narrative about their practice. So how was this incident in 2002 Relevant to today, you know, 20 years later, where we see protests in China over the zero COVID policy and just government repression in China, including the treatment of Uyghur Muslims in Northwest China. How is this film that takes place in 2002 relevant to today's time? 
Yeah, that's a real good question. Actually, uh, Falun Gong was super popular when I was little. Like, uh, I, 2000, that year, I was kind of a student, I, I suppose. I just, I was educated overnight that Falun Gong was a cult. Suddenly, because of some events that broadcast by the major media in the government, uh, and sometimes there will be like people uh, posting posters secretly to tell everyone that this is not a cult, it's a really good religion. But uh, given all the media, especially for major media, uh, just controlled by the government, we, we just thought those people are insane, they're just cults. So after watching this film, I realized it's not something happening, actually. And uh, I was so touched that the, the people just use, utilizing their lives to prove to just let others know the truth. And this is something I feel we really need to have and to fight recently. Because like I feel you mentioned the COVID, it's just insane. I feel like no one else understands this policy. Especially for now, when talking to my parents, they just told me that COVID and everywhere is uh, insane. Like people in U.S. are dying, and uh, like our country's policy is the best. But we, we like students uh, overseas, totally understand it. And the policy in China is not just something related to disease. We, we feel like it's another kind of control for the people, and this is. Definitely something we need to fight. But after so many years of really cruel government in China, like people just don't dare to do so. Recently, I saw many episodes related to how people fight for the freedom and they end up in like caused by the police and taken away. I just can't help crying constantly. But I feel like it's really hard for Chinese people to like come together to defeat for ourselves for the freedom that we we should have on just like people in other countries and we we just need more support for from other countries as well absolutely that's that's so well said and I really appreciate that response you know in October a citizen put up pro-democracy banners in Beijing. That person was arrested by police and related images were censored. So I'm just wondering from your perspective how this film challenges that notion of censorship and repression. Uh, that's the reason why I wanted to have this film at my university because like uh, at that time, uh, many people trying to spread the news about this protest uh, via WeChat, like the most popular social media in China, but they are kind of lost. I heard like uh, 60,000 accounts were lost uh, because of this event. So like uh, actually the censorship in China is insane. Uh, even if, if it's a picture, yeah, it will be definitely filtered by the government. So we can not we have no access to the information or say the truth and we cannot change anything related as well. So uh, I feel like the major events or the reactions you've seen are from overseas students at my university as well. I saw many posters related to this 
and also someone paint some slogans on the famous phrase in our campus as well. I was so touched, and I feel like I really want to do something uh, to react to this as well. Because uh, as a Chinese, I feel if I do nothing, I will definitely regret the rest of my life. So I was trying to make this happen, and uh, what I I have never expected is the uh, recent event. And my and the uh, screening of internal screen is coming just at the time. I feel like that is something we need to watch, and we can gain more power and energy and courage from it. Absolutely, especially as you know, protests, rare protests, are happening right now in in China. Now, I wanted to ask you, Lillian, what did you have to go through in order to screen this film at IU? How were you able to organize the screening and sort of what did that process look like? Because I previously worked for DreamWorks uh, constantly as production assistant. So I actually have a special feeling towards film and basic knowledge about how like uh, the screening of films can happen. Uh, because like this screening, uh, this film is uh, especially special. For one thing, it's an Oscar nominee from Canada, and the other thing is that it's actually screening in other countries and cities. So there will involve copyright. After watching the film, I try my best to reach the uh, film production team, Lotus Production. And they provided some special uh, this account for IU, like the education package. Uh, at that time, I was wondering if the university could support me by screening it before Thanksgiving. As you, you know, like after Thanksgiving, many students will come back home and no students would love to see the film at all. I tried for two weeks, but... Uh, uh, definitely, I understand because like the process for such large university is gonna to be takes time. So although I try to reach out almost all the programs related to this topic, it could not happen this semester. Meanwhile, I also try to reach out the reader. And Peter is such a great person. He supported me about the slow this uh like this weekend. And that was settled. Uh, and because, like, as you, you know, uh, Peter has been doing this, uh, with little profit for, for 40 years. That is such a great thing. And he, he has no other assistance as well. So I printed all the things by myself and post posters, trying to let more people know about this film. Uh, I've been doing this for, for like over one week because, like, Last week it was uh, Thanksgiving and every every building on campus was closed because I have background in design. So I also design all the posters for different channels, say like email, uh, social media. And also I created some formats to let others register and also uh, to have an overview of maybe how many people can will come, something like that. And also I uh, supported the copyright and screening fee accordingly. But that Peter is so generous. He agreed that he will provide some like uh, free tickets for students and also some discount for faculty. Uh, I, I just cannot uh, appreciate more of his help. 
Absolutely. Well, it's it's really inspiring to speak with you, Lillian, and, and to hear what you've gone through to, you know, get this to come together. And, um, you know, we really just appreciate your time and appreciate you lending your voice to us. All in all, this film is really about the determination to speak up for political and religious freedoms. And I just wanted to ask you, you know, one of our last questions here, how does that resonate with you? I feel like uh, because I worked in multiple cities uh, before going coming to IU, uh, I've seen so people from all walks of life in China, and some are in like cities like Shanghai and Beijing, and the beautiful side of all the cities or lives are now like uh, the the only truth in China. I hope that people from other levels or say other works of life can also be seen by others. Um, I feel I'm super lucky. Uh, although I'm trying to like earn money to like gather my tuition to have a study in abroad, but as the uh, lucky one in abroad, I I feel I cannot help at all uh, to the what is happening right now in China to support them. But I really want to do something, at least let more people around me to know more and to realize our duties. Uh, it's not just our fault to be like indifferent. Sometimes maybe we just don't know, but after knowing more, maybe more of my peers can stand up and do something. And that's the only thing I really want to say about this film. And I, I just uh, compared to the director of this film and also like the production team, I'm just nothing. I just want to make it happen. And that is the only thing I can do. Absolutely. Now, these are all of the questions I have prepared for you. But um, is there anything else that you would like to add before we sign off? Maybe something I might have missed in my line of questioning or, or anything along those lines? I really appreciate that all of you help. And uh, just one one last thing, I hope more audience can come to the show. So this theater, I suppose, is one of the most professional ones on IMU. So, uh, yeah, definitely the screening will be perfect. And if more people can come, it will be much better. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, Lillian Lau, a student at Indiana University, thank you for speaking with WFHB this afternoon. Thank you so much for your help, Kate. Have a good day. Up next, Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here's today's featured animal. 
I am Sarah Hunter. I am the Public Relations and Volunteer Coordinator at the Morgan County Humane Society. I am brand new with history with the Arizona Humane Societies. I'm loving it here and looking to get some animals out. Today we have Elsa as our guest of honor. Elsa is a one and a half year old boxer mix. She is a stocky little 40 pound mama dog. She is kind of tan in color with some white booties on her feet. She's got the ears that lack one a point, but they flop on her. She is absolutely a lap dog, and she is looking for a home where she is the only animal because she has a lot of attention required. <laughs> Needs for Elsa is uh, no kitties in the home. Kitties do not work well with Elsa. Uh, she needs to be the only dog, probably. There is a chance that she might get along with somebody, but as of now, Elsa is preferring to be the only receiver of the attention in the home. Elsa came in as a stray. We don't have a whole lot of background on her, but she's a very smart dog. Um, she does have some training, you can tell. She knows her basic commands, sit, shake, lay down. So she had to have had an owner at some point. Gonna go ahead and assume she was a mama at some point too. So Elsa has definitely been loved in the past and she needs that love again. Elsa is a snuggle bug, as I mentioned. She was happier in your lap than anywhere in the world. Um, she wants to be loved and caressed and held 24 seven. She is also extremely smart. She can figure out just about any puzzle or snuffle mat in five minutes or less. Uh, she likes a challenge. She likes to be entertained, but she's also really good at just sitting on the couch and snuggling. She would definitely be a good buddy for Netflix Marathon. Elsa is okay with kids. We have not seen anything from Elsa to say otherwise as far as children go. She has in the kennels not been particularly fond of other dogs passing with her, but I don't think that it's any kind of an aggression that would be anything to be concerned about in the future. If you are interested in Elsa, the best thing that you can do is head over to our website. It is mchumanesoc.org. You can go to our adoptions tab and fill out an application online, or you can come down to the shelter and fill one out in person and get to meet her. We are open Monday, Tuesday, 12 to 5. We're closed Wednesday, open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 5. So we will have adoption counselors on site to get you in touch with Elsa and let you get to know her a little bit more. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic. With the holiday season upon us, many people may consider giving pets as gifts or have memories of giving or receiving pets as gifts. If you're thinking of giving an animal as a gift or even requesting one, a few considerations can be made to help determine if the circumstances are strong for the animal and recipient alike. The ASPCA recommends the giving of pets as gifts only to people who have expressed a sustained interest in owning one and have the ability to care for it responsibly. It is recommended to obtain pets from sources such as animal shelters, rescue organizations, friends, or family, not from places where the source of the animal is unknown or untrusted. 
The ASPCA advises that if the recipient is under 12 years of age, the child's parents should be ready and eager to assume care for the animal. When considering pets for children, especially younger children, consider the complexity of care and animal's tolerance for being handled. The recipient's schedule should also be free enough to transition the animal into the new home and beyond. If time, resources, or complexity of care are concerns for animal lovers, there are other ways of channeling that passion beyond pet ownership. Many animal shelters and rescue organizations eagerly accept volunteers, including older teenagers. Volunteering provides the opportunity to nurture and play with animals, regardless of the ability to offer a forever home. Ultimately, when making the decision to give or request a pet as a gift, ensuring that the circumstances are appropriate and sustainable for the recipient, family, and animal alike can ensure a positive outcome for all. Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB. Produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specialising in solar hot water, solar electricity and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by myself, Noel Husky schneider in partnership with CATS Community Access Television Services. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Our feature was produced by Cade Young. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Ruth Flegman. And I'm Noel Husky schneider Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for A Heavy Weight, coming up next on WFHB Community Radio. FHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. 
our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB local news volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB local news archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB local news. We are local, longer, 